yeah, it's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy, original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player value. Hosted by John Paul Hurley and Izzy Alcabas. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. I'm your host, JP John Paul Hurley. Joining me this week, the Pharaoh of Fantasy himself, Izzy Elka Foss, 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 Foss. It is going well for me, sir. I can't complain. It's a, It feels like the season just started, and we're almost... Like, we're two-thirds of the way through. Yeah, she's almost gone. Yeah. It's kind of sad. And, you know, a lot of people love the off-season. Like, I like the off-season for just, like, like a one-month period. Like, a one-month period, and then I get the itch again. Yeah. That might be a personal problem, though. Yeah, yeah. You got a cream for that? Yeah, I do. It's the anti-fantasy <laughs> season itch cream. Buy one today, Black Friday special. Two ninety nine, five easy one. payments. I'm going to sell one of those. I'm going to make one. Yeah, if you're starting to get the itch, you just put some ointment on it, and it goes away until mm-hmm. training camp. Yeah, I like that. How are your uh, fantasy teams doing? Uh, honestly, overall pretty pretty good. No complaints. You got a couple of, uh, you know, there's always those teams where, like, okay, I got some high hopes for this team, and it doesn't pan out, and then you kind of pull. I pull out pretty quickly. <laughs> I never pull out. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's part of your problem. Yeah. But I pull out pretty quickly. <laughs> Just right away. Literally and figuratively, like, yeah. Two, two pump dump. I don't, yeah. I, I don't take, I take no chances. I take <laughs> no <so> chances. <laughs> Different kind of fantasy there, but. Yeah, right. Yep, reeling things back. Yeah, uh, same thing. I'm having, uh, it's kind of a really good season uh, for the most part. I, I did really bad in SFB for the first time in like five years, so I'm kind of bummed. Uh, I kept scoring like 200 plus points and losing every single week. So you can't. But it goes off points. It doesn't go off of record, right? I think it's like a combo. I'm sure it's like the first, the top record, the top couple scoring points. The I, I didn't make the cut though. My record was too bad. How do you see if you made it? Um, he sends out an email and you click on the link and you search for your name. Hmm. Okay. So if you made it, congrats. And if not, hey, let's move on and talk about Dynasty. Yeah, I, sh- I should check that out. I should check because I'm curious. I just set my lineup and I, I, you know, I just assume I make it, you know. Were you uh, rebuilding in SFB this year? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this year I this year I decided not to rebuild. I always make the playoffs in SFB, but I, I don't get much further than just making the playoffs. Yeah, that's too bad. For those that haven't heard of SFB, it's a, a massive sized redraft fantasy league every single year that is put on by scott fish it's for charity it's huge and it's rather fun it's my only redraft league that i'm in but we always will throw some talk in there once in a while but we do have some dynasty topics to cover this week we're going to talk about the most traded dynasty targets and we're going to maybe talk about them a little bit to see like what we're doing with those players also and we're gonna do a really quick recap of the 2023 fearless forecasts where are they now kind of like a thing so let's start out by Let's start off by covering the uh, most traded. What do you think? I'm going to start with number five, 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 five. More reverb for you. For that. Yeah, I made the team. I made the team, coach. No, you made the cut. Look at you. I made the cut. I'm in. Wow. How does it feel? Uh, 
fine. It feels it feels just I'm gonna get bounced out in the first round and then we uh, look forward to next year. That's the right attitude at least. Yeah. <laughs> so most traded. Dynasty most traded number five. 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 Trey McBride. Very interesting one. And I actually saw that you tweeted out a poll recently. You asked who you prefer in Dynasty. It was Trey McBride or George Kittle. And Trey McBride crushed, I believe, right? Yeah. Which really surprised me. Yeah. Like really surprised me. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, it's a little, it's more than a little surprising. Trey, Trey McBride, I think currently in the Dynasty Trade Calculator is ranked as the tight end eight at 24, uh, year old, 24 years old. And George Kittle is currently ranked at number six for the tight ends. So very interesting turn of events. They're, they're only separated by like two, two and a half points though, but of value. Yeah, about two points. I mean, they're pretty, I mean, it's a toss up at that point. Yeah. The difference is about a third. But nonetheless, it just kind of shows how desperate everybody is for a young tight end. <laughs> for no pun intended, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just like any semblance of quality at the position, just everybody chomps at the bit to get a piece of it, you know? So. We have, you know, with Kelsey being old, we have Kittle kind of hitting 30. You know, the one thing about Kittle that really surprises me is that everybody seems to really like Kittle as a player, like they like his personality. And usually when people like a certain guy and they just kind of like, uh, I don't want to say they connect with him as a character, as like a person, but that tends to maintain some dynasty value. He's not even that old for a tight end. 30 years old is not that old. And he's kind of, he's been losing value. He's currently the tight end three in scoring and losing value, which kind of blows my mind. Are you saying that this could be an opportunity to maybe acquire a George Kittle if, uh, if his value gets down low enough? Yeah, I mean, yeah, potentially, for sure. I mean, he's had three straight weeks of double digit point and i'm talking tight end premium because i don't do the non-tight end premium stuff but three straight weeks double digit points scored he's had more points or more games with you know 20 or more than he has with 10 or less so his he's booming more than he's busting on a week-to-week basis yet losing value but this isn't a george kittle conversation this is a Trey McBride conversation, right? Yeah, geez. Chill, George Kittle. We're talking about Trey Sorry. McBride here. Sorry, I got carried away there. Um, um, yeah, back on topic with Trey McBride, I do have a couple trades pulled up from the trade wire on DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Just to cover really quickly, there's only two that I can see. One is a non-tight end premium league. Somebody gave up a mid-2024 second round draft pick for Trey McBride in a non-tight end premium league. You said you don't mess with that. Um, no. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's in a non-tight end premium league, that's totally fine. I think that's very reasonable. I think that's solid, solid acquisition cost. Um, but nothing, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do any more than that. Yeah, okay. Well, and then how about this one in, in tight end premium? This is, uh, this trade was made three days ago in a dynasty league entitled NES. I like that. Nintendo mm. entertainment system. 
It's basically Garrett Wilson straight up for Trey McBride in a tight end premium league. Uh, I'm no. guessing this is a two point per reception tight end premium. Might have to be more, honestly. Uh, no, that's a, it's a it's a poor decision to do that trade. I think you'd need, for me, I need like a early second on top of McBride to make that even. To make that, yeah, to make that. A conversation. Ideally, if I can get a late first, I may do like McBride and a late first for for Wilson. Or I think you should do that at that point, just because you're getting. It's just a dice roll with these tight ends, man. Like, yeah, not enough track record to really, you know, push your chips in like that. But if you feel like Trey McBride is the future at the position, or one of the future pieces at the position. Then yeah, it's a it's it's wise to make a transaction where you're getting McBride and you know late first to maybe an early second for a guy like Garrett Wilson, but it's definitely a gamble. It, yeah, I agree. A gamble I don't feel comfortable making, but I can see somebody doing that just because it's such an advantage getting a tight end that actually scores points long term. Uh, you just, you don't get to see that every day. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I saw your poll and I saw that the majority was the Trey McBride, by the way, did you did you recap what the percentages were on that vote? No, I can pull it up, though, as you're talking. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, pull that up. And when I saw the results of it, it did. It surprised me enough where I wanted to send out some feeler offers for Trey McBride just in case, because sometimes Twitter, as far as Dynasty Fantasy Football is concerned, is a little bit ahead of the curve with value changes. Um, if, if you compare that to like your home league like home league it takes some time for people to kind of get news and get hype i feel like it kind of originates at in twitter or x whatever you want to call it so i did see the results i was surprised enough to send out some feeler offers and they did get rejected i was kind of surprised i sent out some pretty even value offers and they were each rejected like example like um, what, what, what did you offer was here let me check it was, I offered up Evan Ingram, and this is a non-tight end premium, but uh, I offered up Evan Ingram and Juju Smith-Schuster for Trey McBride in a smaller home league. Oh, yeah, no. And I just wanted to see, I thought Ingram might be close enough. Because what's Ingram? Ingram's like the tight end 11. He's a 10 in the calculator. Trey McBride is the tight end 8, and he's a 15 in the calculator. So I thought maybe Ingram, and then just like a, a bigger name from the past, you know? Uh, might be enough to entice somebody, but this person was uh, quickly quick to the reject button. Okay, so I put up a poll. McBride Kittle. Pitts McBride. Just to see. Just posted it, but I, we only got 16 votes for McBride Kittle. It's 50-50. You already did that, though. I'm doing it again this week. Oh, this was last week? Okay, I thought this might have been just no, a couple this- days ago. Oh, it was three days ago, so Saturday. Yeah, so I thought. So before this week, so now we're we're three days, dude. Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, in Dynasty, I mean, it changes with the wind. No, I agree. But what were the results three days ago? Sixty-seven percent McBride, thirty-three percent Mister Kittle. Wow! Wow! Mm-hmm. There you have it. No joke. No joke. So yeah, I. Listen, I we've seen this trick before with tight ends that seem like they're going to be the future and then they end up not being the future. That being said, 
you got it. You got to take a chance with the tight end position. You just got to do it. You don't have a choice. Sometimes you could go for like you know a Cole Komet who doesn't have who's young but doesn't have that same that allure that McBride McBride has because he's he's younger, right? We haven't seen as much of him, so we have a little bit of a higher ceiling that we could potentially hit than say a guy like Cole Komet who's who's been in the league for four years, but he's still only 24. Yeah. But Cole, like Cole Komet needs a, a lot of production for his value to really skyrocket because we've kind of been left unimpressed for the first three years. But McBride's the shiny new thing, and we're still trying to find that equilibrium on what his value really is and what his ceiling is. So that's why you see a lot more fluctuation with a guy like him. Um, so taking a chance on a guy like that Maybe worth it, but honestly, targeting guy like Cole Komet might not be a bad choice either. Yeah, to pivot off of that, you're still getting a 24 year old, and he's currently the tight end six on the season. He's not going to win you games, but he's going to give you enough production there to keep you afloat, at least keep you close to those high tight, you know, those higher end guys but give you the edge over the the lower end guys. Maybe. You know, like having to go having to pivot to like a like a Dallas guy right now how it's performing like a like a Darren Waller or Dallas Goddard, even though Dallas Goddard I think is pretty good, but like there's really not that big if I if I sort by average and I'm doing this tight end premium. If you look at the tight end 3 all the way to the tight end 12 separated by three and a half points in tight end premium yeah which is nothing and actually non-tight end premium too is it three points in non-tight end premium yeah george kittle averages 13.8 per game and the tight end 12 dallas goddard averages 10.11 so yeah okay so that's that's not even even looking at travis kelsey in tight end premium it's eight point difference, which is a lot. That's a full touchdown and some change. Uh, but in years past, it was it was massive. Yeah, geez, that's wild. Sam Laporta's uh, uh, like rise to tight end one has kind of surprised me too. I'm I'm seeing that he's currently ranked in value as the tight end one. I, they're just it's just kind of like uh, a little muddy up there, isn't it? Like who who would you have as your tight end one? Are you okay with Sam Laporta? I know. I know that we talked. We promised before the podcast we weren't going to talk about tight ends because it's such a boring, like slog of a topic. But here we are. It's not even. It's not so much boring as it is like nobody knows. I don't care who you are. Nobody knows what the hell is going on in tight ends. Like it's just we we know that Travis Kelsey's been elite for a long time. We know that when Kittle's healthy, he produces. We know that Mark Andrew Mark Andrews produces when he's healthy. Even a guy like T.J. Hawkinson. People are still not buying him being like a tight end one. Like if if TJ Hawkinson is the tight end one, it almost becomes by default. Yeah, because there's just nobody else that's, you know, Kelsey is older. Yep. It means nobody else has taken the reins and he's just kind of defaulted as the youngest option that's scoring points. And you could make the argument that TJ Hawkinson deserves to be the number one tight end in dynasty. He's on pace for like 1,200 yards, 
likely six or seven touchdowns. He's already got a hundred targets on the season. Like, so he's getting, he's everything that you'd want. He's getting the targets he's producing to put into perspective. George Kittle has 56 targets. Wow. So he's almost got him doubled in targets. That's wild. So at some point you got to like kind of tip your hat. Mark Andrews, 61 targets. You look at Travis Kelsey, 81 targets. Uh, Sam Laporta, 69 targets. <laughs> um, Cole Komet, 61. Let's look at Dalton Schultz and Evan Ingram, and then that pretty much does it. 74 for Evan Ingram, and Dalton Schultz is at 59. So he's 20 clear of the next closest in terms of targets, and he's pretty much 40 clear of everybody else. Wow. So if you're trying to follow the production potential production, that's TJ Hawkinson. Now, yep. does that change? Does that change with Justin Jefferson? Perhaps. But even with Justin Jefferson around, he pretty much had, outside of week four against the Panthers, he had three targets. He's had pretty much eight or more targets every single week outside of week 11 against the Broncos this last week. He had seven. And he was kind of hobbled. Yeah, but now with with Cousins out, and not, there's just too many, there's a lot of factors that you need to consider. You know, like Dobbs is showing that he can still support Hawkinson production, but that's while Jefferson's out. So now we got to see what, I, I think it's a wait and see thing is what I'm getting at. We got to wait to see what happens when Jefferson comes back. Oh, I see. And Dobbs. So Dobbs yeah. and Jefferson. And then so wait and see. Yeah, because we still haven't seen, we have no context from uh, Dobbs being at under center with Jefferson in the game. Here's the thing. Dobbs and TJ Hawkinson work out together in the offseason. So there is some rapport there that was already built before he even got traded to Minnesota. Yeah. So Hawkinson definitely had the leg up. And I think even when Justin Jefferson returns, I think Addison takes the biggest brunt of it all. Hawkinson still ends up, I think he's still getting a crap ton of targets just based on having that that rapport with with Dobbs but nonetheless we're kind of getting on a tangent on just talking tight ends even though we didn't really want to but for me <laughs> who the tight end one is it honestly it, it might be it's convoluted um, it is it is I, and I'm okay if somebody says TJ Hawkins is my tight end one I'm okay if somebody says Sam Laporte is my tight end one I'm okay if somebody says Mark Andrews is my tight end one I am not okay with anybody else. Like you can make those cases for those three guys and then everybody else. I think Kelsey at this point now with the recent report, and I don't know how legitimate this is, that he wouldn't mind retiring. Guy's 34 years old. So retirement is definitely in, it now is a legitimate conversation. So those three guys, and then it's a tear break. And then you get in the conversation of having, for me, Kelsey. Kittle, Kincaid, Pitts, right? That's the next four. Yeah. And then for me, then it's like McBride, Komet, you know, Dallas Goddard when he's healthy, when that, whenever that is, which is rare at this point. So I feel like there's a couple tier breaks with the tight ends, like significant tier breaks. But to answer your question, Hawkinson, Laporta, Andrews, I'm okay with any of those three being tight end one. Yeah. Um, same. I feel the same. I, I do have a little bit of a hot take on Travis Kelsey before we move on to the second or the we're we're going backwards. The fourth most traded player. 
I believe that Taylor Swift actually extends Travis Kelsey's career despite what reports. I'm 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 wondering if they're rumors or not. And here's why I <laughs> you're, you're just kind of like not happy we're bringing this up, but it's like this is a really cool reason. I think that in order to stay with her he's going to have to try to find a way to stay relevant like within pop culture and the easiest way for him to do that is to stay with the Chiefs and stay playing. And if they if they break up, he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, something to prove and, you know, to kind of like show, you know, her what she's missing out on. So if they break up, he's going to want to prove her wrong and and keep playing and, you know, break records and stuff like that. So I I mm. I think that Taylor Swift is good for Travis Kelsey's career. Unless those rumors are true, obviously, but that's just like a, a take take of mine that I thought of. Yeah, I I don't know the horses. I, the thing, the problem with the internet is you don't know what's real and what's not. Like it's cool because a lot of information is accessible and available, but I I just never know what to what to believe. Yeah, I agree. But we shall see. Even though, even even with Kelsey, he's thirty four. At some point, it's got to stop. Yeah, but he's still at the top of his, like, he's still able to do it, you know, like, yeah, at some point he will no longer, he'll, he'll he'll sustain some sort of significant injury. Like that could happen. Like he had one, I believe in his rookie season and he hasn't really had anything serious since, but until that comes, what would you rather have Kelsey for two or Andrews for five? Well, I mean, Andrews for what? Four and a half now. Now it would be Andrews for four and a half. Like, I don't know if he should be. Yeah. So let's say four. Kelsey for two, Andrews for four, Hawkinson for six, Kelsey for two, or Laporta, you know, for freaking 10. Yeah. Kelsey for two. I'll take one of the younger guys just because they're a more flexible asset. And obviously, this is a very team situation dependent question. You know, if you're a piece away from contending and winning a Super Bowl, you know, the answer is obviously. Kelsey for two, but um, I do like the fact that Hawkinson, all the other ones that you named, Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, um, those propose um, a lot more options for you. Uh, if you're going to take Kelsey for two, you are not moving away from him. So if you if your team suffers a significant amount of injuries next year and you're trying to contend and you have to move away from some of those pieces, you just can't move away from Kelsey. Like unless it's like. A week before the trade deadline and a contender is looking to acquire him and he's willing to pay close to even money for him, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. At some point, here's the thing. At some point, you have to lose immediate fantasy points in order to retain longer term fantasy points. Like you have to do it. Debating when to do that is the difficult part. You know, like it's kind of like timing the stock market. Ideally, you want to sell when the market crashes, buy at the bottom, right? And then ride the tr- ride the wave up and then sell again at the peak. The problem is nobody's ever able to do that. So you're going to have to lose immediate fantasy points in order to try to get long-term gains. Yeah. And for me, I'd rather be a year early than a year late. I can salvage a year early. I can't salvage a year late. Yeah, I agree. I, and I did arms today, so I got some significant gains. I don't know if you you noticed. No, I didn't. You're an oh. animal, though. Damn. 
Uh, that's man, that's pretty good for tight end talk. And I, I do kind of feel like it was slightly warranted because we we've always avoided talking about them, you know, and it's probably just because of how convoluted it is. But um, we always avoid talking about tight ends. And there we did it. We've done it. We did it. We did it. Yeah, we did our job. So we can move on with the top five most traded players in the Dynasty Trade Collector database. I, I shouldn't say the database. This is these are um, real trades that are collected from real leagues that we track on the trade wire page. The number four most traded player in the last week is Saquon Quan Barkley Lee Lee. Yeah. Um, do you want some recent trades? Do you want to like give us a your I thoughts? I want to hear first? a recent trade. I'm curious where where he's being traded. Um, this one is a tight end premium league and has Saquon straight up for Kyle Pitts. Okay. What about um, one? I want this? Is a one. super flex Saquon straight up for Russell Wilson? Ugh. Oh, I hate Russell Wilson. Me too. Uh, this is a good one. This one was made uh, three days ago in a dynasty league called Safe Leagues Dynasty Four Thirteen. Super flex league. I guess that doesn't really matter too much. Saquon Barkley straight up for Stefan Diggs. Hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. You know. I- I kind of like the Barkley side on on all of those trades. Yeah. Um, it was Saquon. What was the first one? Saquon for Pitts. Ah, no, I probably Saquon Pitts, Pitts, Saquon Russell, Saquon Diggs. I take Saquon over the Russell one's easy. Obviously, yeah, I agree. I'm taking Saquon. and and I don't like acquiring running backs. Like just the thing that I do not do. I do not acquire um, running backs with the with the Diggs one. It's it's once again, like, how many elite years does Diggs have? I, I think plenty. He's only what twenty nine, so maybe two or three. He'll, probably well, like no, he's thirty. He's turning thirty in a week. Sure. So maybe like uh, two. Well, it's, two it's more years. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's the same as Travis Kelsey. He's the wide receiver, Travis Kelsey. Okay. So honestly, I'd I'd probably take Diggs. Then if we think two years, I would. I would rather have Diggs for two years than Saquon for two years. Because I think Saquon's probably looking at a couple years too before his value starts to bottom out because he's going to be 27 in the offseason. So give me Diggs on that one. And if you're trying to trade Diggs, if you're, what I don't understand about that is unless it's contender swapping with contender there, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, hey, you need a running back. I need a receiver. Let's make this trade yeah. happen. And that's likely. Because yeah, that's possible. If you're trading Diggs as a contender and you're receiving Saquon Barkley, you're doing the whole thing wrong. Yeah, I agree. So I'm okay trading Diggs, but I got to get a a younger running back in return. Like one of my favorite things to be doing would be to tar- target like a Josh Downs. If I could trade Diggs and try to get Josh Downs Plus, I would be, I would be all over that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, absolutely. And Diggs is under contract uh, through his through 2027, which is his 34th year of life. So that's a significant length contract. That's wild. I guess it's possible. Like you could argue that he could give you, I would say, two to four years of elite production. That would probably be a, an appropriate range. I don't think four. I think four is unlikely. I don't think he's going. I don't think he's producing at, you know, 34 years old. I don't think that's, well, I guess, 30, 30, 33 years old. 
Well, ne- next season, 2024, he's 31. Then he's 32, 33. So, like, yeah. three seasons, 31, 32, 33. It, it's, that wouldn't be a super stretch, you know? It it has been for, I mean, how many receivers in the last decade have played past 33 at a high level? Larry Hopkins, Fitzgerald. Yeah. he's it, Hopkins isn't 33. Hopkins, well, you said past thirty. Now, why are we why are we moving the goalposts? I mean, no, no, I'm saying past thirty-three. I said I didn't mean past thirty-five. Well, I I, said I, past we're 30, not I mean. we're not talking about Stefan well, producing past, past 32. thirty-three, though. So fine, change it past thirty-two. Okay, it's it's really just Fitzgerald that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, I'll have to do some research. That's really hard to go off the top of the dome, but let's see here. Just data back. Just go back. Two two years and see which which receivers were producing at a high level and an elite level at that age. Right now, the only one that I can think of is Adam Thielen. Emmanuel Sanders might have been producing at a high level in his mid, you know, his early to mid thirties. That might be another one. So there's a ch- there's a chance. That Diggs could have an elite season at 33, but the odds of that happening are just not in his favor. Um, you got me scrambling around looking at stats and stuff. This is kind of a fun rabbit hole. Um, but like, there seems to be like the the elite level wide receivers seem to have a higher chance of doing that. And I think, uh, of course, Stefan Diggs of qualifies. Course. Yeah, we also had this weird period where we struggled to find elite receivers for the longest time so there was a little bit of a void there of of elite receivers i mean dude we're gonna find out really quick if uh like how productive today's wide receivers are post 30 because there's a lot that are right at right there so stefan diggs i think did we say he's turning 30 next season right no no he's turning 30 next week so he's 30, like next year is his 30, pretty much his 30, 30th uh, season, 30th year. So next Most season, season will be his, well, yeah, but pretty much 30 he, next year. But anyway, yeah, Coop, Cooper Cup is 30. So we're going to find out from him really quick. Keenan Allen, 31. Devontae Adams, 30. Mike Evans, 30. Uh, Amari Cooper, kind of irrelevant. Tyler Lockett, kind yeah, of losing relevancy. He's kind of relevant. Yeah, he's I li- kind of they're relevant. kind of losing relevancy though. Uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, Adam Thielen at, at thirty three would be your outlier, right? Yeah, Tyreek Hill. I don't know. If I think he said him. he's retiring after this year. <laughs> he's definitely not. Odell Beckham Jr., Brandon Cooks. Yeah, but like we're gonna find out pretty quick. Yeah, you get the Calvin Ridley's, the Terry McLaurin's that are pushing that. Um, yeah, pushing that thirty plus coming up soon. You said Keenan. Yeah. Keenan's going to be, we'll find out with Keenan really quick. Keenan, Cup, yeah, those are going to be fun ones to to watch. And then, like, yeah, if, if you think that Tyreek is not retiring, not ty- not retiring, then we'll find out with him pretty quickly, too. Yeah. Because he turns 30 next season. Okay. Uh, I think that was pretty good. Moving on to the number three most traded player in the last week. Well, we, you know what's funny is we didn't even talk about Saquon. Yeah, we did. We, we went through his <laughs> trades. Do you want to talk more about oh, him? yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people are trying to get out from under Saquon. You know, even if you're a contender, I just saw in a league that somebody traded Saquon as a contender and just kind of pivoted to a different player. I've tried. I've got a, 
I've got him in a couple spots. Both of them are contending leagues, and I would pivot away from him for a running back that can give me some points this season, plus like a youthful asset. So I can kind of like still retool my pipeline of talent. Mm-hmm. I would I would do that. I think that's the right move. I, I think this is probably one of the last opportunities to sell Saquon as a top. Was he a top four or five running back still? Uh, no, he's not that high, I don't think. Let's see where he is in Dynasty. In, in Dynasty. Uh, so Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley in Dynasty is... 10. I was going to... 10. But at like 23.6, so it, it's like the the difference between the running back like 6 and the running back 10 is, is uh, negligible. So he kind of does fetch kind of like that that tier of uh of value so and i think this is probably your last opportunity to be able to fetch because there's a big huge massive tier break between 10 and 11 so saquon to deandre swift so this is a last chance summer dance to be able to get that once he turns 27 then i think it's the you know it's kind of it would become more difficult unless he can find himself on a uh, a roster where he's where there's some hype again you know like in the offseason if he gets move to a team that um, is exciting. Like, you know, Kansas City has always been the the holy land for a running back destination. Yeah. Um, if he can find himself in a situation like that, I could see the hype spike. But otherwise, this is the last chance summer dance. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be... The problem is, like, who do you... What do you do with him? Like, how, how do you... There's not a lot below Saquon that you feel comfortable with long-term. Yeah. You know, the only one on the list that I'm like, okay, he could give you solid production, but none of the guys below him give you elite production for the next, that are under the age of 26. Yeah, I agree. You know, you look at, you look at like, it's, it's Rashad White, it's Javonta Williams, it's James Cook, Brian Robinson, David Montgomery, uh, Ramondre, um, Kyron Williams, Tony Pollard. He's not even young. He's 26. Isaiah Pacheco, like, where do you go? Yeah, like maybe Rashad White. Yeah, I mean, I like Rashad White. But Brian Robinson. I, I'm really, I've been really putting out offers for Brian Robinson. I just can't get them for reasonable prices, though. So, but I, I like that pivot. I would trade Saquon for Robinson and some pretty significant change because Saquon still has that name. Like, are you talking like a what about a what about an early second? Would you tr- or maybe a mid second? Uh, I mean, it'd be hard, but I'd, I'd really have to consider that because, like, man, like Brian Robinson in PPR is just ridiculous. He's had a he's had a solid season for sure. Um, yeah, Sam Howell is just not throwing to wide receiver. We know that Sam Howell is clearly throwing to his running back, and is, if you know Brian Robinson can stay on the field, that man is gonna you know maintain his stats and maybe even improve on them as they get down the stretch here. Yeah, and and Gibson being hurt kind of kind of helps. Yep. Um, just kind of the target share that he's gotten, but yeah. And here's the story with Saquon too. And I like this even as a contender, especially as a contender, because if you're not a contender and you have Saquon, you should have moved from him a long time ago. And you know, if you haven't moved from him yet, do so soon. But looking at Saquon down the stretch here, his schedule gets really tight. So he's got the Patriots week 12, who are 18th against running back points for points. He's got his bye week in week 13. He's got one more easy matchup in the Packers, who are ranked 24th against running backs for points. And then he faces the Saints, week 15, who are number two. The Eagles, week 16, are number one. And Rams, week 17, are ranked number nine. So, like, 
three top tier run defenses in the last three weeks of the season going into the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So like, I know that Saquon can also win in the passing game. And he really showed that this last week. But like, if you're looking at trying to get as much volume as you possibly can down the stretch going into the playoffs and getting some consistency, like Saquon might not be the guy. Which is interesting too, because, you know, he's had, he's only had two games against top 10 run uh, against running backs, um, points against running backs or allowing points versus the running back position in both those games against the Cowboys. And they were both his only single digit performances on the season. So yeah. he's definitely, it's a matchup dependent situation here. His biggest, I mean, he had a 27 point outburst against the Cardinals who are the 30th ranked. Um, and then he just had, he just beat up the commanders this last week. Love it. Um, that's, I mean, that's a great a time to trade. Touchdowns. It's just like you said yeah. too, this might be, value up right now for Saquon Barkley you know like if you're looking at moving him moving away from him you might be able to get some pretty good value right now so yeah I I would I mean the injuries the situation all of that just doesn't scream anything good yeah for Saquon no um there you have it um we, we can move on to the next one now that we've do you feel adequately covered Saquon yes. Barkley adequately yes. okay yeah so far we've mentioned the player and then immediately started talking about everything other than the player that's hilarious. We just yeah in a different position and everything. We were like ADD. Yeah. Welcome back to yeah. ADD Dynasty. Attention deficit dynasty. Attention okay. deficit dynasty. Yeah, I like that. Number three most traded last week. Jalen Lynn Lynn Warren. Is he? And I'm gonna uh, list off some trades and then we'll talk about them a little bit. This trade was made today to 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 today in Farrell's finest best ball. I, I'm kind of interested in that. Okay, um, it's. A non, I don't can't I can't tell if it's superflex or not, but it's Desmond Ritter and Jalen Warren for Daniel Jones. Ugh. Is Daniel Jones coming back next year? I mean, like this season, like what? No. Yeah. Okay. So but that's kind of like a but it's yeah. still, still dynasty. I guess so. Yeah. Desmond Ritter and Jalen Warren for Daniel Jones. What do you think, Dick? Like, uh, fuck, man. like, what do you? How do you even answer that question? I don't know. Ooh, there's another really good one too here. Jeez, I want to hear that because I don't. I don't want to. I don't even know which. I would. I would look at that offer that I got if I had either side and be like, oh, "What Gross. the hell?" Fair enough. It's even. This would. This you might feel the same way about this one. This is dead even. This is made by uh, two days ago by a dynasty league named Rock Band Best Ball. It's Jalen Warren and Christian Kirk. Or Zach Charbonnet and Rishi Rice. Oh. Jalen Warren and Christian Kirk for Rishi Rice and Charbonnet. I would take the Charbonnet and, and Rice side. Yeah, it's a little more exciting, right? Uh, it's just, I view the, the best asset of the four right now in terms of in Dynasty is, is Rice. And Charbonnet and Jalen Warren to me are relatively equal. I will say I can see a world where Jalen Warren is ahead of a backfield <laughs> and Charbonnet is not, but I like the the rice component. In a world where yeah. Zach Charbonnet ranks ahead of Christian Kirk. I can't remember which players you said. This summer rated R. I like it. Yeah. That's it would be the shittiest movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Like nobody wants to see that. 
I do like I do like Jalen Warren as a player. Um, I just don't know how to value him and how to trade for him in Dynasty. Fair. Like Najee, when's Najee gonna walk? When is he getting cut? Yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Najee Harris contract. I thought this this season was no he has his next third year. season. Next season is his. I think there's a player option or a team option. Is that a team option in 2025? I don't know. He's unrestricted in 2026, but I would be stunned if they retained him past even. Well, I guess I think they'll bring him back next year on a rookie deal, but he will not be there in 2025. He does. He should have the the option. That's he was drafted in the first round. So that's probably what you're seeing there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I, I think with Jalen Warren, you got to just hope that the coaching staff just says, you know what? Yeah, we we drafted, we gave up a first, right? Bernaji mm-hmm. was selected in the first round, but yeah. our team's so much better than Jalen Warren. You know, at what point does that happen? Yeah. I mean, does it ever happen? Like, even with his production, Jalen Warren, 11, 15, 9 with a few targets sprinkled in. And then you look at a guy like Harris, it is 16, 16, and 12 with a few sprinkled in. So Najee's still leading that backfield. Yeah. Despite being outplayed. But yeah, Najee, Najee going to work here anymore, right? Najee, Najee, not going to work. Yes. So if you were the Pittsburgh Steelers and you had Najee Harris and you had the option for a fifth year would you pick it up pick it up no i i I get what you did there and okay okay i'm really interested to see now that the the steelers have fired matt canada what happens i mean the value of the dollar will go up right yeah yeah that's true nice good well thank you appreciate it yeah, that'll be interesting. You're right. Like, especially like these mid-season moves like this, it's always fun to watch to see like how they impact everything, you know? Yeah. It can't get much worse on offense for them, right? No. No. It's bad. And it, you know, it's interesting. Something must have happened because if you saw the report, um, Deontay Johnson apparently blew a gasket on the sidelines. That's not good. And had to be and had to be restrained, and all of a sudden, God. the next day, Canada's gone. And so, the 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 faith in Canada must just be zero for everybody involved. And that was just kind of we've reached a tipping point. I don't know. I've, I've a lot of faith in Canada. I've got they're the number one exporter of potassium. I think. Yeah, they are. Them. I think they're tied with um, Kazakhstan. Yeah, but but you're right though. Like the. It's not a surprise because there has been like a lot of rumors that come out of the locker room. Deontay Johnson was one. George Pickens was another one. There, it was very well documented that George Pickens was frustrated, and you know that those frustrations kind of just kind of you know fester and they become kind of a cancer. So like something had to break. I kind of feel like something similar needs to happen in Atlanta. Yes, oh, absolutely. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. No. Uh, it's just kind of reaching a breaking point. Those uh, those teams need to make moves during the season, especially while they're can, still contending a little bit. Can you define tipping point versus breaking point? Um, maybe would tipping? They they they're synonymous. They're the same. So yeah. 
why I wonder why we don't just use one. Uh, I mean, that's a great question for virtually all the words in our in our language. We have we have like many words that describe the same things. Welcome to Canada. A breaking point is a mo- <laughs> is the moment of greatest strain at which someone or something gives away. It can also be defined as the point at which a person gives away under stress. All right. Tipping point, the point at which a series of small changes or incidents becomes significant enough to cause a larger, more important change. Yeah, synonymous. Yeah, close enough. The critical close point enough. in the situation process. I'm going to say that it's a boiling point, tipping point, breaking point. Yeah. None so of this is going to make tipping... the cut, by the way, anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, it's, it's going to go in there. It's going to go in there because somebody's <laughs> going to be listening to the show that actually knows the English language and they're going to X us or tweet at us. Oh, my God. Let us know. Who's um, number two? So number two, 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 the most traded players in the last week. Number two, Tony Pollard, erd, erd. Yeah, who's been playing like a number two. He's um, been playing like he's taken in, a number two, yeah. That's what, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah, I got you. Um, uh, man, this was it. Like you had, you, you have, have the commanders. It, it, yeah, he, he he performed this week, and he needed to. And I feel like you got two more weeks here against the Commanders and Seahawks, and then you get out from under Tony Pollard as fast as you can. I would hold for two more weeks, and then see you later. Yeah, I I feel like law of averages. He has two touchdowns before this week, which was in week one. He got goose egged for the following nine weeks. And then obviously had a bye week. So following eight weeks. And then, oh, no, excuse me. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, five, nine, so, 10, okay, so 11, eight. 12. So it was eight. eight so eight okay. weeks, no touchdowns, and then has a touchdown against the Panthers. I'm going to go on a limb. Fearless forecast. He scores a touchdown or more in each of the next two games. I feel like there needs to be a correction, a positive regression, as they call it, which I still don't like the way they call that, on the touchdown side of things. So after week 13, right before the playoffs, you move Tony Pollard because the playoff schedule is pretty tough. Yeah. So that's the that's the secret. Right that's there. what you do. I, that's what I'd roll. I'd roll the dice on that. And there's only one trade that's reasonable in here that um, I can cover. Um, this was made yeah. by the Gridiron Gurus Dynasty League on November 17th. So this is four days ago from the time we're recording this podcast. Side A is Damian Pierce, Calvin Ridley, and Dallas Goddard. Or Tony Pollard, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Tony Pollard, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. That's what you do. That's pretty like, good. Uh, the, of those pieces, in two years, we could look back and be like, oh, man, yeah, those guys. I remember those guys. But outside of Goddard, I think Goddard's still going to be pretty good. But uh, Kyle Pitts, we could look back on. All of the trades that are happening with Kyle Pitts, somebody could look back on. At this point, we're closer for people to look back and be like, wow, that's how much Pitts was going for versus the opposite where 
like, wow, you paid that for Kyle Pitts. We've gotten to the point where that's not necessarily a concern anymore. You are no longer overpaying for Kyle Pitts. You could be, though, underpaying for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's true. Who's last? The last one, the number one most traded dynasty player in the last week is none other than Joshua Dobbs, Dobbs, Dobbs. And rightfully so, right? I mean, there's some significant change in his value. A lot of people are trying to capitalize on that spike up in value, uh, trading him away, including such trades as Joshua Dobbs for Deontay Johnson in the back to the 80s Dynasty League. This was just two days ago. Um, Also, Joshua Dobbs for Terry McLaurin in the Hateful Eight Dynasty League just three days ago. And Joshua Dobbs for a second and a third. Okay, that's probably a little bit lower. Josh Dobbs for a second and a third. In a super flex, yep. Okay, so... So McLaurin, Deontay, and a second and a third. Those are all the three different trades McLaurin, for Joshua, Deontay, Joshua Dobbs. Obviously, I'd rather have Deontay because it's Deontay. Um, I'd reason. rather have... I mean, Dobbs and McLaurin... <sighs> So Dobbs is 25th in value, right ahead of Mac Jones, Derek Carr, Kenny Pickett, right behind Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. And I feel like that's about right. McLaurin, I think, is worth it because Sam Howell doesn't like his receivers. He likes his running backs and his tight ends. He needs to take him to breakfast. Yeah, it's Sam Howell is young. I think he's going to be the quarterback next year. McLaurin will be 29 going on 30 at some point next year. You you could roll the dice with Dobbs being a starting quarterback next year. There's a good chance that he is. Um, how good he's going to be, I don't know. We could just be riding this this train he just got so much momentum on on his side that mm-hmm. he's just producing. Like we saw with Nick Foles, we saw it with Case Keenum before, uh, where they could string to get Marcus Mariota. No offense to our uh, our friend John Mosier. Marcus Mariota had a nice six game stretch in his career that he looked fantastic. You're you're taking the chance on this one. The second and third, if it's early, I would take the second and third. If it's late. I just I take Dobbs. So for me, I take Deontay. I'd probably give up McLaurin, and I'd take an early second and an early third for Dobbs. Yeah, I'm good with I'm good with jumping in on Dobbs, man. He's an exciting player, and I think that his productivity on the ground really makes him sets him apart from all the other quarterbacks that you just mentioned. Like there was some hype around Case Keenum, but yeah, like Dobbs is just a much more dynamic player. He can win on his feet, so I, I really like that aspect of him i think that's going to extend his uh chance you know under center as a starter um so i'm good with making some bets on joshua dobbs if you hadn't grabbed him off the waiver wire earlier in the season um as he went over to the cardinals so uh and like these these trades um yeah deontay johnson is tough mclaurin's probably yes because i think we've identified that mclaurin's kind of his value falls in that no man's land we talked about this last week he's somewhere in between like a uh, the first and second no man's land and yeah. Dobbs is currently ranked in a super flex league probably as an uh, early to mid second 
Um, so he's not. He's kind of like in that range. I think he's what? higher than that. Let's see here. He's nine point nine in the calculator. Let's see where he is in terms of picks. Picks nine point nine is it's an early second. Two oh two. Yeah. Which I think I personally am more comfortable at like two oh five, but it is a starting quarterback that's scoring points. So you you got to pay the piper sometimes. Yep. And it, he's in that perfect in-between slot where you can, you know, you can put in a bet on him if you want. And like if you lose the bet, the stakes are relatively low, right? But if you win the bet, then you have, you know, a shot at changing a second round value asset into a first round value asset pretty easily in a super flex league. So I like that bet. Yep. And that is the top five most traded players in Dynasty this week. That's all we got, unless you got any final thoughts for us. No, I think that's good. Right under an hour, we'll keep kicking the fearless forecast update down the road until we get to the end of the we'll season. We'll just never do it. do it. Yeah, we're we're so fearless that we're going to avoid it. Oh, 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 oh. Polls. Almost forgot. And we've done this like every time. We're, we put up the polls and then we just never talk. <laughs> yeah, just a huge tease. <laughs> yeah. So, Kittle McBride, 338 votes, 37 to 63. So a little bit better for Kittle than last week, but two thirds to one on Twitter. And then 63 for McBride, right? Yep. 37 yep, for yep, Kittle. Yep, yep. yep. Just want to clarify. And then, yeah, yeah. Pitts, 52%. McBride, 48%. Wow. He's right there. I just traded Kittle for Downs and Mingo where I'm not competing anymore and it's tight end premium. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's. For some reason, dice, yep. because Kittle is 30, I feel like a lot of people are treating the tight end position similar to the wide receiver position, and it's it's not the right way to go about it. Yeah, you're probably they, right. They last, a, they last a little bit longer than the, t- than the receivers do by a couple of years based on the production numbers. So yeah. um, regardless, Kittle might be a buy. I, I don't like the idea of buying him because he's always hurt. Um, yeah, I but agree. I can I can definitely see somebody justifying the idea of buying George there Kittle at current cost. Well, there you go, guys. That's all we got for this week's episode of the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. The trade deadline season is upon us for those leagues that have, still have trade deadlines. I don't like them, but they're here. If you haven't already signed up for a subscription for the Dynasty Trade Calculator, make sure you do so at DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Very cheap memberships, $3 for a month. Uh, $7.50 for three months or $15 for a year. I mean, this is peanuts, people. So jump on. Even with inflation, those prices have not changed in decades. I'm just waiting for reactions. Pause for applause. Pause for applause. Applause. Okay, no. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. We'll check you guys later. Bye. Bye.